Hey everyone, this is the Pro Wrestling Times podcast, uh, episode number 20. I am your host, Dylan Times. This is my first solo show in like, wow, like about nine months. So bear with me here. I have no one to lean on this time, but I really wanted to do this. So I want to just say first and foremost, uh, thank you to everybody that's ever supported my show. Uh, listening, I recorded my first episode after the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view last year, <clears throat> and now it's come full circle, and I'm pretty positive I might do the uh, Hell in a Cell um, show this year by myself, just as like a little one-year thing. Alright, let's get into it. I want to start first off with saying... I can't believe Lana's going to challenge Asuka for the Raw Women's title. We might witness a murder. And Asuka probably is going to put Lana through her greatest nemesis right now, uh, the announce table. But not only that, but like it took me a while until I logged on to Twitter. And then I realized, I was like, oh shit, no retribution at all. Even after revealing Mustafa Ali as their leader. No promo, nothing. So, what the fuck? Alright. Let me get to one of the, some of the things I want to start with. Um, I just now got done watching um, Monday Night Raw, and I thought it was a pretty good show. Uh, what piqued my interest was something that didn't happen, which was uh, the Retribution stuff and Mustafa Ali uh, promo that we were promised. Um, but I also wanted to start by saying a happy Indigenous Peoples Day. There's a really huge push for that uh, instead of Columbus Day here in uh, Billings, Montana. But I'm from uh, Pine Ridge, South Dakota, and uh, my state celebrated it as Native American Day, at least going back to 10 years ago, from what I can remember. But I like to see the push forward. It's fuck Christopher Columbus all day. I'm Native American. I am from the Oglala Sioux Tribe. So again, fuck Christopher Columbus. Happy Indigenous Peoples Day. Shout out to all the people that didn't have to work. I unfortunately did. I was delivering packages for my job. Um, went to the gym, donated at BioLife, regular day. So I kind of had to watch Raw on a delay. So um, thank you to the cable company people for creating the DVR because that's how I was able to speed through commercials and uh, in one occasion watch something I had no interest in seeing. Okay, um, but I just want to touch on two of the main things that I last just saw. Um, Lana is going to... Uh, challenge Asuka and um, no retribution so I was like what the hell but I want to rewind back to last Wednesday October 7th 2020 AEW Dynamite celebrating 30 years of Chris Jericho uh, what a remarkable career Chris Jericho has always been one of my favorites uh, I have no exposure or uh, recollection of him in WCW I started watching it uh, wrestling in 2000 so I only knew him after the uh Y2J stuff. Uh, my favorite version of him was the 2008 uh, serious um, suit with the uh, uh, promos with the huge words and um, his match, his ladder match against um, Shawn Michaels and their whole storyline throughout the um, year 2008 was just really good shit. Our opener on AEW Dynamite was for the Fuck the World Championship. Uh, Brian Cage successfully defended against Will Hobbs. Just watched two huge dudes beat the shit out of each other. Will Hobbs uh, really impresses me. I see big things in his future. Uh, but uh, Cage tried to recruit, um, or not Cage, uh, Taz tried to recruit Will Hobbs in, to join Brian Cage and um, Ricky Starks uh, as part of Team Taz, but Darby interrupted, so I think probably we're going to get a tag team match. Not this coming Wednesday, but the next one. And that's going to be awesome, too, because it's the anniversary show of AEW Dynamite. And uh, my friend John is cool as fuck enough to uh, host that show. And this podcast will be um, be able to be featured. And we'll record an episode after that. Sorry, I just got tripped up over my words. AEW Tag Titles are on the line. FD, FTR uh, defended their titles against TH2. Uh, Angelico and Jack Evans. I'm a huge fan of those two, and it, that goes all the way back to Lucha Underground. I am a giant Lucha Underground fan. I miss it a lot. And um, I personally like to call these matches um, no fucking way matches, where you know the outcome is inevitable. Like that uh, aforementioned Lana and Asuka match, that's no fucking way. Lana will beat Asuka. 
I mean, let's keep it real here, people. But during this match, they showed um, little intersperses, uh, camera camera cuts of um, the Young Bucks watching uh, their potential um, rivals. I'm pretty sure we're going to get them versus uh, FTR at uh, the Full Gear pay-per-view. But I couldn't help but chuckle at the way the Young Bucks were watching the TV screen. Kind of a little jab at uh, WWE and the way they, the idiotic way they make their superstars watch TV screens. Where like, who the fuck even watches TV like that? Like, at all. But after uh, FTR got the win, uh, the best friends came out and challenged um, FTR with uh, stupid humor involving hot dogs. But I will give best friends their flowers because they had an awesome match against um, Proud and powerful santana ortiz they had a they beat the shit out of each other in a parking lot brawl uh maybe a couple weeks ago or a month ago but that match fucking ruled and i just loved it so much but that's one of the are ta the title matches we're going to get for aew dynamite this wednesday also we're going to get another title match it is the tnt title but before i announce who that is we had a dog collar match between Brody Lee, the champion, losing his championship to Cody Rhodes, who became the first ever two-time TNT champion. Uh, Cody looks so much like fucking Robbie Rotten from Lazy Town. It's he should have picked like maybe a lighter shade of black to dye his hair to, or like maybe even like go towards brown. But it, it, uh, he looks like a a character really. But I thought this was a really good match. These guys beat the hell out of each other. They really like took it old school with the dog collar uh, stipulation. And Cody's the new champion. He got challenged by Orange Cassidy, who's probably one of my favorite acts right now in wrestling. So we're getting that match next week. And we also had a couple announcements for the AEW World uh, Title Tournament to challenge whoever wins out of uh, Moxley and Archer. But uh, in the tournaments, Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, Wardlow, Colt Cabana, Jungle Boy, Ray Phoenix, question mark and question mark. I don't know who would possibly fill those last two spots. I would assume it has to be maybe MJF and uh, Chris Jericho. But as far as who wins that tournament, I think the finals come down to Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. And I think Kenny's going to get the win and take on John Moxley one year after they... Um, nearly killed each other at the first Full Gear show. And this time it'll be for a title. Also, Big Swole beat uh, Serena Deeb. Uh, it was an okay match, but I'm a huge uh, supporter of uh, Big Swole. And she's going to get a title shot against uh, Hikaru Shida. And then we had uh, Miro and Kip Sabian also announced in uh, tag team action next week. I don't know against who. But for this show, we had a main event tag team, uh, Chris Jericho doing a solid for his uh, buddy, uh, Luther, who is part of the tag team Chaos Project. It's him and Serpentico. They uh, took the L against Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. I keep almost wanting to call him Jack Swagger, but it's a easy mistake to make. There's a lot of old um, WWE guys in AEW. And pretty soon there might come a point, maybe... Two years from now, maybe four years from now, we'll see a lot of AEW guys end up in WWE. And we'll see if they get their names changed or they're allowed to carry over like AJ Styles or Samoa Joe. But um, during this uh, main event, during the entrance, I don't think I'm ever going to get tired of hearing Judas by Fozzie. It was just so per such perfect music. And shout out to the crowd back when crowds were a thing. Um, the crowd at uh, the Jericho cruise because I feel like that's when this really started where everyone was singing Judas But I think we're inevitably gonna get MJF versus uh, Jericho probably at full gear as well With the way they're bickering towards each other after the match uh, when Jericho got the win MJF came out uh, brought out a clown who Jericho uh, smashed a paint or a portrait of MJF over and hit him with the Judas effect and I couldn't help but laugh at this, but they had like credits rolling, like where it's like uh, executive produced by, and every single title was Chris Jericho, even catering, uh, camera work, um, what was it, assistant to the producer, it was all Chris Jericho. He gave himself all the credit, and I couldn't help but laugh at that. So two really funny moments, and if your show could make me laugh, I'd give it like a good thumbs up. 
Also on Wednesday, October 7th, 2020, we had NXT post TakeOver 31. Um, shout out to uh, Josh and John for being on my last podcast where we recapped that show. Our opener for this show, uh, Tommaso Ciampa took on Kushida and it ended up in a, a schmoz ending because Velveteen Dream uh, interrupted and attacked Kushida. So I don't think that's going to be over with. So we're going to get more matches between those guys. Any one of these three that uh, against Finn Balor would be an awesome match. We also had uh, Ember Moon returning with a promo. And I felt so much joy seeing her come back and her return. Because her, along with Xavier Woods, it just made me happy to see him come back from a freaking ruptured Achilles tendon. That does not sound like fun at all to live with. And it was a long recovery for both of them, really. Oh shit, I accidentally spoiled the SmackDown thing. Yeah, roll with the punches. But also we had uh, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane, the new tag team, and I think they're probably more than likely going to end up winning those uh, tag team titles in NXT from uh, Brizongo. They beat Everize. One of the dudes from Everize, I don't know if it's Matt Martell or Chase Parker. I'm pretty sure it's probably Martell. He called uh, Killian Dane a fat bozo, and then that's when Dane ended up killing both of them and uh, power bombing Drink Maverick to get the pin. Also, we had Austin Theory beating Leon Ruff. Um, there's so much problematic people in NXT. It's crazy. Dream, Theory. And these guys had the world by the balls. Oh, also another dude on SmackDown. Who's now on Raw. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But uh, after Theory got the win, Dexter Loomis came out. Uh, he confronted Theory. Uh, Loomis then beat Theory in a little short match after that. Then uh, one of my favorite wrestlers that's kind of growing on me now right now is uh, Cameron Grimes. Uh, he attacked uh, Loomis after the match. <laughs> so hopefully that'll be a fun program. Uh, we also had Ridge Holland who appeared at the end of the TakeOver uh, special with a beaten down Adam Cole over his shoulder. Uh, basically announcing he was like a hitman for hire. And I wonder if it's going to be, I kind of hope it isn't, but it might be Pat McAfee. Or someone else is targeting the Undisputed Era. Maybe Walter? I don't know. I got really high hopes after seeing uh, Tony Storm at that TakeOver thing. And we also got a, a, a video package for her, which I'll never complain about. But um, seeing that open the doors for this uh, UK uh, talent. So I hope we could see like uh, Imperium versus Undisputed Era again. Uh, Pete Dunn taking on Timothy Thatcher and also uh, obviously Tony Storm versus uh, Io Shirai those would be fucking killer matches but Ridge got the win over Danny Burch uh, Oni Lorcan came out because uh, Ridge wouldn't stop beating up Danny uh, and it led to this fucked up thing I saw it's just like man seeing this and then um i also uh, follow football uh american football i should say i'll never know if i have international listeners but um dak prescott the quarterback of the dallas cowboys his leg snapped and that was horrific to see it's just basically the way rich hollands did too oni was doing a dive rich was being his base and catching him but uh, something went wrong but his leg snapped immediately you could hear the pop on the show and Ridge immediately, uh, it was just like a horror movie. And it's kind of fitting because it is October. But uh, I would not want to have his leg right now. That was just awful. And I hope get well soon. And part of me is like, is this brand fucking haunted or cursed or something? Because we got not only Ridge Holland hurt, Karrion Cross got hurt when he um, won the title from Keith Lee back in August. Finn Balor has a broken freaking jaw, of which I just saw on uh, Twitter today. That he successfully underwent surgery, but there is no timetable for his return or the situation surrounding the NXT title. And also Tegan Knox is hurt too. So just get well soon to all those guys. This fucking sucks. But that's the nature of the beast in the pro wrestling business. Shotzi Blackheart. Be still my Blackheart. She got the win over Zia Lee. And after the match, uh, Boa, I think he's Chinese. He's one of the Chinese talents that they picked up. Um, he uh, 
basically reached out and offered uh, Zaya paperwork. So I wonder if he's going to be their um, Asian version of Robert Stone. And hopefully it leads somewhere because like um, pairing people up and seeing what you have and like doing stuff, more stuff with other people can really go a long way. And I trust NXT's infrastructure when it comes to trying new shit. But um, I forgot to mention too, I got too excited for about talking Ember Moon's return from her injury. Is that during her promo, she um, got, uh, what was it? Was it Io Shirai? Shit, I didn't even write it. But it basically ended up setting up a tag match between um, Ember Moon and Rhea Ripley teaming up against uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. And um, I wonder if that's going to lead to a number one contender match. I thought Rhea Ripley was going to be main roster bound. NXT got freaking ignored during this um, whole draft situation on Raw and SmackDown. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Because they're the ones that are competing with a different um, company on the same night right now. Fighting for eyeballs. Alright, well, that's going to lead us to the first night of the 2020 draft. Night 1, Friday Night Smackdown, October 9th, 2020. Uh, I think with first and foremost with my notes here and the way I set things up, I set it up kind of differently than I did Raw. Uh, but I'll go with the matches first and then I'll... Um, let you guys know who drafted whom. Big E beat Sheamus in a false count anywhere match, which I thought was fantastic. These guys kicked each other's ass. And I think Safe Light should sponsor WWE and AEW because the aforementioned uh, Best Friends uh, Santana and Ortiz parking lot match. There was a windshield spot. And it was fucking brutal what happened to Trent's back. That looked gnarly. But they should get Safe Light repairs, Safe Light replace as a sponsor for uh, pro wrestling after the match um i was so excited because kofi kingston returned his injury is a lot minor compared to xavier woods but seeing xavier woods back made me so happy and we briefly had new day back until what happened later in the show we also had a, a jay uso promo and he's gonna face roman reigns inside hell in a cell but not only that they added an I quit stipulation on onto this match. And I think Roman's definitely going to murder his cousin. And here's another thought I had with Hell in a Cell coming up. We have three matches. Uh, Roman and Jay. Drew and Randy. Sasha and Bailey, And honestly, like in my opinion, all of those deserve the gimmick. Because those are three rivalries where the stipulation really um, matters for it. But the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view has been a thing for like about 11 years now. And uh, there's this point where I just got sick of the gimmick pay-per-views. I think the only one I genuinely like is um, uh, Money in the Bank. Especially this one, this year's one, given um, Corona being creative with uh, COVID. But like Elimination Chamber, TLC, Hell in a Cell, those could all really go, in my opinion. But these three feuds all warrant the stipulation and the having the I quit gimmick and watching Roman just uh, destroy his cousin to solidify that yeah this guy's a fucking heel now would be really interesting to see and with this draft and some of these movements and stuff I just hope uh, they could really adhere to and keep these um, brands separate which is kind of hard to do because everything's in the Thunderdome right now or based in Orlando or Florida. But they're all in the same spot, so they are going to mix it up. And then also, I remembered that we're going to get this pay-per-view called Survivor Series, where now it's the latest brand supremacy pay-per-view. And I wonder if NXT is even going to mix it up this year. Because last year was so awesome, especially that episode of... Um, smackdown where uh, we had adam cole versus daniel bryan it was basically an nxt takeover of smackdown due to um, everyone being stranded in um, saudi arabia we had tag team action on this show as well jeff hardy and matt riddle uh two of my favorites and matt riddle is that third problematic wrestler i was talking about uh there's this girl she's suing him evolve i think it's gabe sapolsky in wwe and it feels like stuff like this it doesn't really matter which is kind of like weird going into like a publicly traded company 
and it sucks to like really like these people or think they have like the bull by the horns and the world at their palm and they end up in situations like this it just stinks honestly really but riddle and hardy got the win over miz and morrison uh which led to the return of lars sullivan and i immediately wrote yawn gag and snore because this guy does absolutely nothing for me and they changed his music and that leads me to a point too that i had on monday night rob i'll just spit it out right now they keep the little like um as far as entrance music they keep the little succinct noise that lets you know it's that person but then the music immediately changes like the first and foremost one that comes to mind is um keith lee's bask in his glory that little intro part is still the same but then it turns into this generic rock music and it feels like almost everybody throughout like raw smackdown nxt it's all generic rock music which stinks please cut the check throw the bag at cfo money i know it's probably something i don't understand right now as far as like management and uh, contracts or whatever legal schmeagle stuff but cfo money jim johnston i miss your guys music because right now we are not blessed with good entrance music at all we had a Smaz ending to the SmackDown Women's title match, which um, I already said is going to end up being in um, Hell in a Cell. Sasha Banks, Bailey, that one's going to be awesome. And uh, I think Sasha's going to get the win and get her first ever SmackDown Women's title. We also had another tag team title match on the show. Uh, the returning New Day, uh, Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston defeated Cesaro and Nakamura to win their seventh SmackDown uh, Tag Team Championship. These guys have had held the titles uh, 10 times, Raw and SmackDown. So it's insane, good for them. Hell of a run, like a hell of a run. They debuted like almost six years ago. Uh, that was probably like one of the first WWE shirts I bought since I started watching again back in like 2013. I basically got this blue like video game design one from Hot Topic and I thought it was awesome. But shout out to the New Day. But there are some changes that came to them. And um, also on this show, we had a Fiend entrance for the first time on um, the free shows on uh, basically, uh, what would it be, Network TV? Because it's Fox, right? Yeah, Network. So we had a Fiend entrance, which I'll never complain about because I love his fucking music. Uh, versus Kevin Owens. He got the win over KO. Alexa Bliss came out, um, basically Harley Quinn, Joker, yada, yada, yada. But let's get into some movement <clears throat> for the brands. I'll start with uh, Raw first. Drew McIntyre, the WWE champion, was in the first round, as was Asuka and the Hurt Business. And the Hurt Business consists of MVP, uh, Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, and um, Bobby Lashley, the United States champion. Uh, second round for Raw, they picked up the phenomenal AJ Styles, who gets away from Paul Heyman. They also got uh, Naomi, who I think is awesome. I really like her. And they got the women's tag team champions, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Third round, one and only Ricochet. Mandy Rose comes to Monday Night Raw. And The Miz and John Morrison. I was really hoping they would split these two up. Because it seems like ever since Morrison was announced to return, they just immediately paired him up with The Miz. Uh, that or if anything just keep them like more in like the tag team championship contention because it feels like all we get is just Miz TVs every single week and whatever kind of tag match out of it also in the fourth round uh, Kofi Kingston Xavier Woods the Smackdown tag team champions were drafted to Raw which didn't make sense at first but I guess now it does after uh, tonight's show Dana Brooke drafted to Raw. Angel Garza drafted to Raw. All right, and I'm just doing all the televised ones first, and then I'll get into the stuff like the um, the round that it wasn't featured on TV and whatever free agents are left. SmackDown picked the Tribal Chief. Happy Indigenous Peoples Day. Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion, number one overall. Well, for SmackDown, he was the second pick actually. Uh, they also got the other member of the Shield, Seth Rollins. Monday Night Messiah, no more. 
They also drafted Sasha Banks, who is going to be on a roll. I really think she's going to win the title, and then she's also going to probably get noticed by a lot more eyeballs than we know because she's going to be featured in Season 2 of The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus, which is a really good show. If you haven't watched the first season, I highly recommend it. It's like Star Wars, uh, like a cowboy western in space, is such a good show. And it's where we got uh, Baby Yoda from, or as you're supposed to call him, the child. Bianca Belair was also drafted to uh, SmackDown, as was Jey Uso, Rey, and Dominic Mysterio. Big E got split by the New Day, and they had this moment where um, Stephanie announced that Kofi and Xavier got drafted, and Xavier had the perfect uh, response where uh, he kept telling Stephanie to say E's name until she announced that he's um, being separated from them and being on the SmackDown roster. Also only on the SmackDown roster, Otis, um, Money in the Bank, Mr. Money in the Bank, I should say. Uh, he's going to be away from Mandy Rose. Uh, and then let's get into some of the fifth rounders. Raw has Humberto Carrillo. Otis's tag team partner of Heavy Machinery, Tucker, Tucky, and Drew Gulak. While SmackDown got Murphy and Kalista. This Seth Rollins, uh, Buddy Murphy, the Mysterio family. It just won't fucking end, will it? But with Kalisto, that leaves uh, Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik as free agents, as is Mickey James. And um, I made a really huge, stupid mistake last podcast, and I called Chad Gable Shorty G. But this guy should either be in uh, NXT or just send him to AEW, or even have this. I I even have this idea. I don't know with uh, COVID restrictions as far as travel, but send him to NXT UK. Have him represent America. That'd be pretty awesome. But then again, I'd kind of uh, th like to think they'd probably want to keep their European talent separate from us right now. But that was SmackDown. Uh, my raw notes. Uh, today is October 12, 2020. This is episode 20 of the Pro Wrestling Times podcast. Thank you for listening. This was Draft Night uh, 2. Uh, one of my notes is cauliflower pizza is good. I had an awesome one. It was pretty good. Met my needs because I'm a pizza lover and I thought why not try cauliflower for the first time ever and it wasn't bad. I smothered it in sriracha, but it was pretty good. And one of the notes I had here too was um, how long are we going to have the Thunderdome for? And I wonder like how crazy Vince McMahon is wanting to have Raw and SmackDown travel. I'm unclear and unsure about NXT, that's Triple H's thing, but now they have the Capitol Wrestling Center, so I think that might stay put for as is for a bit. Or if all WWE is going to do is just travel in the Florida area, because that seems like the only place that doesn't give a shit about protocols and what's going on. But I'm still a fossil that pays for a DVR. I already kind of told you guys my little plans today. I had to work. Uh, I went to the gym, I donated at BioLife, I uh, went to the Halloween store to look at some costume ideas and stuff because I got invited to a couple Halloween parties. But um, thank, uh, in my tribe, uh, in my culture, we call uh, God Tukashala. So my little note, just because I'm feeling extra native today, said thank Tukashala for a DVR because it helped me speed through all these commercials and stuff. There's so much commercials. I even did this dorky thing because I'm doing um, Sober October. So whenever a commercial break comes, I immediately do a workout. I've yet to do planks or push-ups yet because I'm afraid of them. But I knock out some sit-ups and Hindu squats and uh, do some other uh, workouts. Uh, one of my other notes is three cell matches overkill. Uh, thank you to all my guests, obviously. Uh, John and Josh, you've been doing it the most. I cannot express how grateful I am to have met you guys. Uh, Rich, Trevin, uh, my first guest. I just, I just can't express how awesome it is that I do this, and it led me to this little community of all these other cool fucking people. All right, now that that's over with, we had our obligatory go-home show promos between Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre that I'm going to kick your ass promos before the pay-per-view, and it led to them um, at the end of the show as well. And so we had round one 
of night two, the draft, Raw selects The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, and Charlotte Flair. SmackDown selects Bayley, the SmackDown Women's Champion, who's been champion for over a year now, and the Raw Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits. And that's pretty cool. I kind of figured with um, some of these moves, you could tell who's going where. Because when uh, SmackDown drafted Bianca Belair, I was like, okay, Profits are going to Raw. And with the way they drafted New Day, the other brand's tag team champions, uh, you kind of knew one was going to replace the other, basically. And with Charlotte Flair, I think uh, Andrade ends up staying on Raw. But uh, uh, in in-ring action, we had Kevin Owens defeating Aleister Black in a notice qualification match. Uh, this me there's a meteora spot here where Alistair did the meteora off the top ropes onto Kevin Owens onto four chairs. I thought that ruled. But with Alistair Black's music, I was like, oh, I miss CFO Money and uh, Jim Johnson so much. Their music, I just miss it so much. I jam out to it on Apple Music. A lot of the uh, songs from wrestling, WWE, WWF, uh, AEW. It's just so much better than what we're given now with all this stuff. I loved uh, Root of All Evil for Aleister Black. And same thing with um, Johnny Gargano's old music, Rebel Heart. But it just stinks now. And I just can't express how much of a big deal it means to me with uh, music and wrestling. We also had uh, something I just mentioned on um, SmackDown. Obligatory Miz TV segment with Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, which led to a tag team title match. Or not title, my bad. Uh, Freudian slip. A tag team match between um, Natalia and Lana. I also wrote another note here in that Miz is like an inspiration to me. This dude just is going to make so much money based on like he's on this. Um, basically, it's like a wipeout copycat show, Cannonball. And he also, him and his wife, got their own TV show just like the Bellas. And so it's good, man. Just watch people get their money. But he did start with a, a reality TV background uh, coming from the real world. But to see it manifest itself like a decade and a half later with this career, he like found his wife through wrestling, um, mother of his children. He's on all these TV shows. Just cool. Miz is pretty cool. Inspiring. Okay, here's something I said. Uh, Lars Sullivan came out after... Uh, the Natalia and Lana and uh, Mandy and Dana like fought each other. Lars Sullivan came out and I couldn't hit fast forward fast enough on my remote. I just have like zero interest. He just does nothing for me. It just reminds me of like Braun Strowman. But here's the difference between him and Braun Strowman. I was interested in Braun Strowman, especially when um him and Roman were beating the hell out of each other and he's doing all his feats of strength. Or he's like, I'm not finished with you. But I just don't get that vibe from Lars. It's just basically like, I don't know. He's just another big man. Maybe it goes back to that miss Black Mass that Aleister Black tried to hit on him at that takeover uh, back in 2017. I think it's TakeOver Chicago. I don't know if it's a... I think it, I'm pretty sure that had to be the first of Chicago, TakeOver Chicago 1. But New Day Street Profits had a, a tag team title exchange in, in the back, which le leads us to round three of the draft. Retribution, who we didn't see at all on this show, yay, uh, is on Raw with Mustafa Ali, uh, Dijakovic, uh, what's his name, Dio Madden, Shane Thorne, uh, what are their names, uh, Dijakovic's T-Bar, Madden's Mace, <laughs> Slapjack, I can't believe I'm saying that. And I think, uh, is Mia Yim retaliation or reckoning? Because I know Mercedes Martinez is the other, but I don't think she's, she wasn't featured in that picture with the draft picture. But Mustafa Ali is our leader. Hopefully we get something out of him next week. Also going to Raw, Keith Lee, who I love. I will always love and defend. Uh, Alexa Bliss as well to join this storyline with The Fiend. And SmackDown gets in their third round. They picked Lars Sullivan. Boring. And King Corbin. So kind of like more of the same on SmackDown. With Bailey and Corbin. Oh shit, did I forget to announce who was on second round? Oh shit, I completely skipped all this. Oh my goodness. 
Well, we're live, pal, like I always say. Round two is what I meant. Was after the, before Miz TV. My bad, excuse me. I'm fucking up on my own notes. But round two was uh, Braun Strowman going to Raw, Matt Riddle going to Raw. He'd be a shoe-in, perfect fit for Raw Underground. Uh, my childhood hero, Jeff Hardy. And on SmackDown, we had Daniel Bryan, which is a move I like a lot. Uh, Kevin Owens going to SmackDown, another move I like a lot. And then all those guys I announced for round three. So let me try. Fucking up on my own notes. I'm sorry, guys. This is like my first podcast by myself in a while. But I kind of like doing it as well. It's kind of teaching me to not be afraid because this year sucked like a lot. A lot, a lot. And just trying to like be brave enough to do these on my own again. And okay. So after round three, um, with the New Day Street Profits, a little uh, exchange in the back, it made me realize this is like the New Day's first time holding the red belts. They've always held the blue ones ever since they switched to colors for the brands. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode uh, challenged them, which led to a match later. And after this, we had something I won't miss, the uh, Monday Night Messiah promos. And it was his farewell, which led to Jeff Hardy interrupting, which led to AJ Styles interrupting. And um, I had these two notes. Jeff Hardy versus Seth Rollins and uh, Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles are matches I would love to see. One-on-one. -on -one. But tonight we had, in Jeff Hardy's words, a triple th uh, threat tag team match. Which uh, I think he is probably overexcited. And, um, but it was a botch in the promo. But Jeff Hardy is like my hero, like as, as I stated before, me and my brothers, we used to fight on trampolines together and wrestle, and we always wanted to be Jeff Hardy. None of us wanted to be Matt. But I don't want to know how a day in his life, like in his body, feels, because that man looks like he's in pain in everything he does. And uh, during this um, triple threat match, it basically led to a um, schmoz ending and Elias attacked Jeff Hardy. But I had this uh, idea if we ever had like uh, capabilities of like Time Machine or like Avengers Endgame where they all go back in time to have 2002 Jeff Hardy versus 2015 Seth Rollins before his leg injury and versus uh, 2016 AJ Styles. I think that would have been like a fucking could easily headline like a SummerSlam. That would be like fantasy booking, like a video game that I would love. Okay. And speaking about like the Miz too, you got to like give Nick, Nikki and Brie Bella, congrats on them having their babies as well. Their Toll Bells is coming back. They're basically the Kardashians or Jenners of um, wrestling. And they really opened the floodgates starting with that Total Diva show like seven years ago. Which leads me to the internet report I saw. At first I thought it was... um wasn't true because it wasn't that reputable of a website but i saw fightful um post it and it was cultaholic that reported that eva marie's gonna be back in wwe so all red everything returns but i think her hair's like purple now but it's i don't know maybe she'll add something hopefully she takes it a lot serious uh the wrestling training because she could easily be at like mandy rose's level and either of them, because Trish started out as a model, and Trish Stratus was like one of my favorites when I was a kid, for more reasons than others. But she did really improve. She like ha held the record, which Charlotte broke, but she held the record for most women's titles reigns, and she was really awesome, and she had really good matches. Her, Trish, and Lita were my favorites. But I think Eva Marie and Mandy Rose have that kind of potential to achieve those levels, that level of success. Which led us, uh, that led us to Elias doing um, a backstage interview with uh, Charlie Caruso. And he's back as a heel, which I love. And after this, we had uh, round four of the draft. Elias going to Raw. Lacey Evans going to Raw. Sheamus going to Raw. And I think we're getting, basically going to get, maybe in the December pay-per-view, Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre. Which I think will be an awesome match. Uh, is this guy the last champion? Yeah, Sami Zayn. 
well, I don't really count the 24-7 title, <laughs> but Sami Zayn, the Intercontinental Champion, drafted to SmackDown in the fourth round. And also Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro, which I love that move, especially seeing that, like, Daniel Bryan's on SmackDown. Uh, I can't wait until he returns from his paternity leave. All right, we had a tag team action. Natalia and Lana lost to Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. After the match, Natalia basically split up with Lana. And I didn't even think that was going to play into the main event of this show. Angel Garza beat Andrade. Zelina Vega was on commentary. Uh, this match, I thought, could easily like main event or headline to take over or even like a random episode of NXT when they want to have like a 20-minute match that burns the house down. I am such a huge fan of Garza. And I'm pretty sure Andrade and Zelina, well, Zelina might split since Aleister Black's on SmackDown. But then again, it all doesn't freaking matter because they're all in Florida anyway. But uh, Fiend and Alexa Bliss show up. They uh, do the stereo Sister Abigail's on um, Zelina and Andrade. And it's going to be pretty interesting. I wonder if we're going to get that tag team title match. Or fuck, I keep saying title matches for tags. Tag matches, oh my god. I am just, I'm running out of fumes here, people. But um, I wonder if we're going to get a mixed tag action with that Fiend and Alexa. But um, I had this thought too. Roman, Sasha, Bray, and Alexa are like the next big things. And as so, because they've been promoted as such since every single one of them hit the main roster. But they're going to be too good for wrestling. I get like Rock and John Cena vibes. And the coolest fucking part about it too is... um. It's Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss I'm speaking of, too. Two females. Because lately with the trajectory, it's always been only men. With uh, John Cena, The Rock, Dave Batista. So it's pretty cool to see people succeed like that. All right, round five of the draft. Nikki Cross is on Raw. 42-time 24-7 champion R-Truth is on Raw. Dabakato, who I have very minimal experience of watching because I'm going to be honest with you guys, I haven't really been watching stuff consistently lately. It's mostly through stuff on social media or sometimes my friends let me know. But I've mostly been trying to like seek out important stuff, so I haven't really been paying attention to like Raw Underground. But um, it's just been like a crazy year, and maybe I'll explain that at a different date. But also in the fifth round for uh, SmackDown, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode were drafted, as was Apollo Crews. He got the hell away from the Hurt business, finally. And let's see, back to my notes. We had the Raw Tag Titles on the line. Uh, New Day successfully defended against Ro uh, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. What made me sad, too, is that like now that Xavier and Kofi are on um, Monday Night Raw, no more Big E intro for the New Day. The aww, and insert city here. The don't you dare be sour. I'm going to miss that intro. And after this, we had a Hurt Business coming out. And I really think they have serious potential. It's only a matter of time before they end up um, trying to challenge Drew McIntyre. And that will help solidify him as a champion. Maybe even one of them could take it away from him. I'm hoping that person would be Bobby Lashley. It'd be cool to see Bobby win the big one. And I honestly don't count the ECW title as the big one. But Ricochet beat Cedric Alexander by disqualification to avoid joining the Hurt Business. And now Hurt Business has to leave him alone. One of my other thoughts about this draft too after this fifth round was um, NXT is it feels like they're being ignored or just like forgotten about even though they're the ones competing against AEW every Wednesday. And they were the ones that won Survivor Series, so we're going to see how much they mix it up or chop it up with Raw and SmackDown come November. I would love to see either of these two. This is another one of my notes. I would love to see either Ricochet or Cedric Alexander mix it up versus Drew McIntyre. I think that would be a killer match. And Ricochet got the disqualification win because he did a homage to the late, great Eddie Guerrero where he uh, slammed the chair on the ground while the ref was... Um, had his back turned, recovering from getting up from a bump. But he slammed the chair on the ground, threw it, and um, 
threw it at Cedric, making him catch it, and then immediately fainting like he was the one that got hit, and that's how he got the DQ. It's clever. It was awesome, especially when Eddie did it. It was classic Eddie. I know Sasha Banks pulled off that spot before too as well, but uh, it makes me incredibly sad that like 15 years ago is when we lost Eddie Guerrero too, so rest in peace. And Time flies by. Miss you, Eddie. But Ricochet's little fall after he um, pretended to faint, I thought it'd be Jift, which led me into this own little nerdy deep dive that has nothing to do with wrestling. I wanted to see if it was pronounced Jif or Gif. And the creator of it, uh, he made the graphics interchange format back in June 15th, 1987. And uh, during one of these Webby Award things, that's what... Um, he received an award from and he cleared it up and he said it's pronounced jiff like the peanut butter so a little nerdy sidetrack with a bit of history about the internet which we all know and love and controls every single one of our lives but i had to see that because i put ricochet's uh, fall will be jiffed because he did it phenomenally and it was funny Next week, we're going to get Keith Lee versus Braun Strowman. I think that one has potential to be a good match. Um, Braun's not really known for matches. He's more known for spots and brawling. But with uh, Keith Lee, I think um, anything can happen. We might get something basic or we might get something fucking awesome. Hopefully the latter. And in the sixth and final round of this show, <clears throat> Titus O'Neil goes to Monday Night Raw. Peyton Royce, who I'm a huge fan of, goes to Monday Night Raw. Akira Tozawa who fucking deserves better than being cast as a ninja, goes to Monday Night Raw. Carmella goes to SmackDown, which is probably a given because Corey Graves is the announcer there. Aleister Black goes to SmackDown, and maybe once um they start touring or whatever, we'll see Zelina end up on SmackDown as well. All right, Women's Battle Royal. Winner gets to lose to Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. And that eventual loser is Lana, who defeated Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, Peyton Royce, Dana Brooke, Natalia, Lacey Evans, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Billy Kay, Nikki Cross, Tamina, Mandy Rose, and Mandy Rose. Sorry, my notes were bleeding into each other there. But during this match, too, um, uh, I get the feeling that we're getting um, saved Probably for either maybe WrestleMania or the Royal Rumble. Asuka versus Shayna Baszler, which is like, that has my interest a lot for a really good women's title match. Uh, in my notes here too, right at the beginning, uh, Lana got through, thrown through an announce table, which is the front runner for rivalry of the year. Lana versus announce tables. Ever since Miro went to AEW and basically trashing uh, the ex-company he used to work for. During this battle royal, though, we had uh, Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton uh, backstage brawling. And when Lana won, uh, we got Drew and Randy showing up in the Thunderdome arena near the ring and stuff. And we've got our obligatory hold me back fight. Basically, like in the NBA, wherever, like two people start throwing hands and refs get in the way, teammates get in the way. But in wrestling's case, it's always nothing but referees, backstage agents, Adam Pierce, Devon Dudley. And the other guys are just like talking about, I'm going to kick your ass at the pay-per-view. or But in their minds, it's just the hold me back fight. In um, a round of this draft that wasn't um, featured on television, Lana obviously is going to Raw because she challenged, um, she's going to challenge Asuka. Riddick Moss to Raw. Arturo Ruas is going to Raw. Those two guys were featured uh, on uh, Raw Underground. SmackDown gets Natty and the Riot Squad. And as of now, the free agents consist of Andrade, who I think is going to end up on um, Monday Night Raw because of his lady Charlotte. Erica Viking Raiders. I don't even see the point of trying to have him eligible for draftability because his partner's hurt. Ivar. Billy Kay, Tamina, and Zelina Vega. And I think Zelina Vega is going to SmackDown because of uh, her husband in real life, Aleister Black. But joining them is the free agents from SmackDown. Chad Gable, Mickey James, Lince Dorado, and Grand Metalik. And that basically covers... Wow, I've pulled in like 50 minutes. 
But my final note was no retribution. What the fuck? Hopefully we get some clarity next week. Uh, basically, my next show probably will not consist of... It basically rolls with... I think we're going to try and gravitate more towards AEW because that's the anniversary show. So John's going to be hosting that and I'll be posting that podcast up. So that'll be episode 21. Hey, my favorite number. 21 of the podcast will be that. Uh, we'll see how we feel and how the situation is about trying to recap NXT that night as well. Other than that, the next podcast I'll do is probably... <clears throat> oh, my God. Tongue-tied. Probably be Tuesday. Next Tuesday. So what day would that be? Let's see. October 20th. And I'll recap uh, SmackDown, Raw, and maybe NXT. We'll see how froggy me and John can watch uh, two TVs with crooked eyes. Trying to watch NXT and AEW at the same time. Especially trying to review and take notes. It's really difficult to watch two things at once and do that. But we'll see where we go from there. Other than that, I've had a blast. Um, happy Indigenous Peoples Day. My name is Dylan. Episode 20. Thank you for listening. All the support. Everything. I love you guys. Bye.